Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes. completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started natalie is the co-founder and ceo of jet rockets she has been in the technology industry for over 20 years and has grown her startup into a team of over 70 individuals now in the interview we speak about how starting jet rockets was not planned but accidental for her and why she is running a teal self managed organization we spoke about her views on leadership some of the recent mistakes that she has made and also her commitment to her employees which was evident from how they moved their employees out of russia just because it was the right thing to do hi natalie welcome to the choosing leadership podcast hi thank you for having me Wonderful to have you here. And for our listeners, can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what do you do? Absolutely. My name is Natalie Kaminsky, and I am a co-founder and CEO of a company called Jet Rockets. Jet Rockets designs, develops, and supports custom software and web applications for a wide range of clients. We work with startups who are looking to develop brand new products, and we serve as their product development. firm essentially and we also work with non-tech businesses who are looking to add technology into their daily operation wonderful can you share a bit of your back story and how did your background prepare you for what you are doing today oh yes absolutely so i have about 20 years of experience in the technology industry i i started as a developer i worked for about a year as a software engineer back in 1998 and mm-hmm. my first project was to update a legacy system to deal with Y2K issue. Do you remember what the Y2K problem was? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. I hope some of our users will actually recognize the serve, although <laughs> it's getting dated, right? But so for those of you who don't know, Y2K was when the world was switching from 1999 into 2000, and a lot of legacy systems still supported just a three-digit value in a database on the year value. And the big 
prepare for the big worry was that as we roll into nine into two thousand, that the systems wouldn't be able to tell the difference between two thousand one and nineteen oh one. And so a lot of money and effort was put into updating a lot of those legacy old systems to deal and migrate data to deal with four digit years. So that was my first kind of intro into the world of development. And as a result of that experience, I've learned to think about myself. First, that I truly enjoy being in the tech world. I really like the technology, the possibilities that it presented, the ability to build products and make life easier. But at the same time, I also admitted that I was not a ultimate material. I wanted to, I wanted to work on ideas, strategy, and kind of think of products and not so much as implement them, right? So after about a year as a developer, I decided to find my niche. So I spent the next nine years working in many different roles within the soft results and life cycle. I, I worked as a QA engineer, as a business analyst project manager, as a webmaster, there was such a role, <laughs> a webmaster. And slowly but surely, I think I found what I truly enjoyed, which was to uh, imagine product. And I moved into product development. And by the end of my corporate career, when I felt that I was ready to go and start go out on my own and start freelancing at first, and then open my, start my own business, I had significant amount of hands-on expertise within the software development life cycle. So I felt that I was ready to go and do something on my own. Of course, that came with a whole new set of problems or learning experiences, because one thing, knowing the software development is software, another thing is running a software development business. Yes. And how do you like straddle both of these fields? Because at one end, software can be very analytical, very technical. And when you're running a company, it's about people, it's about emotions. It's very different. And similarly, I have a similar journey, but how have that played out for you? Yes, that's an excellent point. And absolutely. Right now, Jeff Rock is 12 years old and we 72 full-time employees at the point. I guess we're a medium-sized company. It has been definitely a journey. I must say that the first six years of Jet Rocket, we were primarily a lifestyle business. I think at our peak, we were maybe 20, 25 people. A lot of things were being done uh, in a very laid-back environment. I still ran a lot of our projects as product manager. I was still involved in daily operation. I knew every single person by name. I still did. Luckily, but at that time, I was much more involved in the daily kind of working in the business. And as a decision was made by my partners and I to really invest into the growth of our business and really see how far we can take it, I definitely had to take a step back and to learn to delegate and to learn to focus on working on the business. Frankly, it has been a phenomenal journey. The last six years, I've learned so much. I went from being a made on a project to really a CEO that has to make difficult decisions, that has to lead the company into the unknown. And this past year has proven to be very challenging, yet very fulfilling in that regard. Can you share what have you learned about yourself in the process? Because it's a journey which every entrepreneur goes through, especially when they move beyond a certain level, either people or revenue, and then it's not always easy. So can you share a little bit on the internal process that, that you went through? What have you realized about yourself and how have you grown? 
I learn every day and I hope I grow every day. And to me, the most exciting thing about this whole journey has been watching myself, but also my business partners, my employees grow alongside with us. So a few things I've come to realize that you can accomplish a lot more by being an empathetic leader as opposed to being a demanding manager. That's rule number one. In my career, towards the end of my corporate career, I moved into management and I was very stern. That was all about getting mm. done. And it was all about, it's very corporate life, when it was all about, look, we have a goal, we're working towards the goal, we're getting stuff done. If you need to work nights, you work nights. I was very demanding. And my boss was loved it. My subordinates, not so much. I guess when we first started to grow our company, I took that approach into um, our daily operation as well. Very demanding. Yes, I cared about every single person, but I was also oftentimes not as empathetic as I should have been, but when mm. they put it mildly. So I have definitely learned that you can accomplish a lot more and you can build loyalty and you can build unprecedented culture within an organization when you truly come from a place of empathy and understanding. And if a problem occurs, let's say, I'll give you an example. So I remember early in the days of Jet Rocket, we had, we were working on a very important client project and one of our developer has made a rather significant issue, mistake that sent out a bunch of email from our test environment out to production users. It's a big no-no in our world. You gotta be super careful with everything you do. I fired that person on the spot. That was my decision as a leader at that time. Looking back, it was such a poor decision. This was, this was the young guy doing his best, making a mistake. It was a learning opportunity. And instead of using it as such, I made the tough choice. It made the mm -hmm. client happy in a way that, oh, she's on our side. She's definitely watching out for us. We'll never have this happen again. But at the same time, it definitely did not contribute to the morale within the organization. So nowadays, as much, a few things have changed. First of all, we have a lot more rigid um, policies to avoid issues like this. So this type of problem never had occurred ever school for company. Hope it never does. But I also realized that if something else were to happen, if a mistake is made, it's okay. It's a learning. It's a learning opportunity. And I actually encourage my people, my employees to go outside of their box, their thinking box, to try new things. And because that's what contributes to creativity and mm -hmm. improvement over time. So that's that's one thing I came to realize. You have to treat your employees as the children in a way, right? And allow your children to make mistakes. And that's how they learn to walk for it. I'm also a mother of two. So I, when your child learns to walk, they fall often, but then they get up and they fall again. And the same with your employees. You got to care for them. You got to take care of them. And if you do, they will take care of you and your business. Thank you for sharing that. That's a wonderful example. And also, I'm glad that you're sharing it openly as a mistake. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper, right? So now, now something like that happens. First of all, how do you deal with that emotion, which might be anger, frustration, upset, for you to have that sense? Because many times we are in an emotion and that 
we are lost in that emotion and that can lead to firing on the spot or something else, right? So if something like that would happen now, how would you deal with that differently? First of all, I've learned a lesson never to try and address the issue immediately. But if something were to happen, you got to take a break because yes, you're right. Your initial emotion might be, oh my God, how could you do this? And maybe even raise your voice and maybe even be emotional and act in such a way that you may be ashamed of later. So take a few minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, even an hour is not going to change anything dramatically in terms of your response, but it will definitely, in terms of your response time, but it will definitely have a drastic effect on hmm. quality of your response. So taking a step away from that moment, taking the time to think through the options and coming from a place of understanding. I want to understand what happened. Instead of coming to that employee and being, how could you have done this? The question is, what do you think went wrong? What could you have done differently? And let the employee take ownership. If they take ownership, there are two things that happen. First of all, they see that you're trying to help them grow. Second of all, they remember that lesson and it, they retain it in their minds. So the likelihood of the same issue occurring again decreases dramatically. And ultimately, it's not about uh, finger pointing or punishment. It's about becoming a stronger, better organization. And you can only accomplish that by working with people and, and allowing them to grow. Yes, yes. I think I'm seeing two very clear shifts, right? One is the focus on control or driving rather than like a focus on curiosity and learning and growing. And the second thing which you mentioned, taking a break, are self-aware that there is a surge of emotion and then you'd step, out, step away from that moment because then that might lead you to do something which you regret later on. And then you approach it, you come back into it and then lean with, uh, with a different mindset, which does not only work in the short term, but also creates an impact for your leadership in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then ultimately, your goal as a leader is to build that relationship with your team. Then they come to you. It has nothing to do with fear of punishment or repercussion or anything mm. like that. We're, we're a business. We're not an army. So it's very important to respect one another and to allow for mistakes. Another thing I should mention is as a leader, it's very important to lead by example. And part of that, of course, is if you make a mistake, you need to acknowledge it and to admit to it and be like, sorry, I made a mistake. And I can give you an example, actually a very recent example, it happened yesterday. There was a specific request that was supposed to be done. And I was reviewing that request both to the client. And I'm currently a little bit involved in this project more than because we have a bit of a turnover at the management side. I'm trying to stay on top of things, be a little bit more involved than usual. And my first reaction when I saw the implementation of this specific request was, this is not what the client had asked for, at least based on the description. So how come you guys have released this into production if it's not exactly what the client has asked for? So I immediately reached out to my QA team and the development team, like, how come this happened? And then I learned 
that actually the client has made a change in the request and that change was not documented properly. Hmm. That is definitely a problem, but it's a lesson learned. So I immediately, as soon as I learned that everything was done according to the app, I went back to my team and I said, I apologize. This was uncalled for. I should not have come at you with, with such an accusation. So very, it's a minor example, but it's an example of even the minor state as a leader, you got to acknowledge your mistake and you got to be, mm. if you need to apologize, you apologize, you take ownership, you take responsibility and you say, okay, the next time to avoid this situation, we need to make sure everything is documented. Yes. And uh, yes, it might be a minor thing, but I want to add that it's not trivial. As you said, if you don't lead by example, then everything you say or you put as values or as behaviors basically fall flat. And it requires courage to say that I messed up or I am sorry or I don't know or I need help. So what helps you gather that courage? Because the solution is there. Now that the situation has been fixed, you don't have to really go out and apologize. And it requires courage, especially as a CEO, especially the higher up you have, you are on the hierarchy, it becomes more difficult. It requires more courage. And there is a tendency to just let it slip. What Absolutely. gives you the, how do you draw the courage to be open? I think it comes from a place of confidence and needs to prove to my team that I am above them or like we. We are a very flat, despite the fact that we have over 70 employees, we are still a very flat organization and we have, we hope to remain this type of organization as we continue to grow. We preach and implement what is called EEL organizational principle. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar with it. Yeah. So we have every client has an, it seems built around their project and it's like self-managed, self-controlled team. And the responsibility of upper management really is to afford those teams to the best of their ability. So the way I position myself, or at least I try to position myself within an organization, is not so much I'm your superior, but rather I am here to service you. I subscribe to the service leadership approach. Yes, because again, we have one common goal, which is to continue to build a successful organizations. Mm -hmm. And since we are a service organization, and truly this applies also to products, but especially in service organization, you're only as good as your employees are. So if I don't have good, loyal employees, I don't really have jet rockets. Like there's nothing I have. Truly. Mm -hmm. So it's my job to service them, to empower them, to then service our clients, which in first helped me accomplish my goal of building a, a larger and a more successful organization. But very selfish in a way. No, it's not selfish. It's beautiful because a lot of people describe their business in many different ways. But what you are saying is that my employees are my business and if the employees are not behaving or operating in a way that is aligned with with who you are or what the business is, then you don't have a business. This is huge because you are actually creating that space for people own, right? Or own or represent the company in every interaction they have. And like I, in my work with uh, with many CEOs, I talk about creating space as a leader. And this is an example, right? You're using inclusive language. You're not saying that I am the owner. So I am the, like, I am the face of the company. You're saying my employees are the face of the company. You're creating that space which will allow 
trust, which will allow listening, which will allow candid sharing, and which will allow, as you said, making mistakes and then accepting them, apologizing, learning from them and moving forward. Absolutely. And you put it beautifully. Yeah. It's that inclusion, it's that ownership. And my, my dream is to have every single person feel that they are not just a part of organization, but the true owners of their organization, because that's what makes a big, huge difference, right? Between waking up every morning to go to work versus waking up every morning working on something you own in a way. And it's not just the mon monetary ownership, of course. And on that note, by the way, for instance, in JetRocket, we don't have bonuses, but we have a profit sharing. So th that again reinforces the whole ownership structure that you can get additional reward if you work toward the benefit of the company. You are essentially part owner of the company, right? Yeah. And you earlier spoke about confidence, and I just want to like clarify for anybody who's listening. Like, there is a confidence which comes from doing something before, from preparation, but there is a confidence which comes from a belief in yourself that uh, no matter what happens, we'll manage or I will take care. And you mentioned earlier about unknowns, and when you mentioned confidence, I think it's the second type of confidence because as a leader nobody can prepare you for what's next and in the last two or three years have shown us that so can you share a little bit about the unknown because there is a way of leading which is controlled predictable linear growth but there's a way of leading which is like let things flow and then we flow with the energy and that can be scary but that can also lead to exponential results as well so can you share a little bit about that yeah, I am definitely not one for excessive planning. You have to, when you have so many people depending upon you and upon getting their salary constantly and without delay, then a certain level of planning is definitely necessary. However, I'm not one. This business was born out of serendipity. So I never had a business plan, for instance, going into jet rackets or sitting down and thinking, okay, I'd like to build a business. What kind of business would I like to build? None of that had ever happened, as a matter of fact. I think if that's the way I decided to go about it, I still wouldn't have it. Hmm. So for me, it was all about serendipity and following life wherever it takes you. Like you said, following the flow. So in our daily operation, in our daily work, of course, when we work on a project, et cetera, there's definitely planning occurs. So I don't want to scare my potential customers or clients that we definitely implement proper planning techniques in our project management. However, in terms of our company growth, we uh, part, there's part planning and then there's part continuity. You can plan as much as you want and then a pandemic hits. And then all of your plans go out, out the window and you have to adjust. And that's what happened to us during the pandemic. And then following the pandemic, you could plan whatever you want and then the war breaks out in the middle of Europe. Right. And again, you have to adjust and you have to respond to a situation and you have to be uh, almost like you have to trust that your decision, you have to be able to make decisions and follow through on them and not second guess yourself much. So I'll give you an example. A big part of our development center was located in Russia prior to the start of the war in February this time mm. of this year. And as soon as the war broke out and we understood that it's not just like a one-day conflict and it became quite evident immediately, we made an immediate decision to get out of Russia for two reasons. 
One, because we did not want to support the military machine through payment of money, taxation, or anything. And as little as it is on the large scheme of things, I believe that every single cent matters, right? So we did not want to be part of that. And the second reason was because we were genuinely worried for our people who were in Russia, like what would happen? Would there be a military draft, which is happening right now, as you probably are aware? Yeah. And yeah. And then, but beside the military draft, like Russia, unfortunately, is headed towards a very bad place in there. Like we don't see much future there at this point. So we made that decision. And it took us, I don't know, maybe one conversation with my co-founders. Okay, what are we going to do? We have to get our people out of Russia. We didn't sit there thinking, how much money can we spend doing it? Where are we going to go? We immediately sent out and like we had a company meeting and we announced that, look, we're going to help you, each and every one of you who's willing to go. We're going to help you with relocation expenses. We're going to help you situating in a new country, whatever. We're going to help you. Mm -hmm. We're going to support you. And all you have to do is just trust us and come with us. And of course, we couldn't get 100% of our people out because not everyone was willing to leave their families behind, their extended families. But at that point, I believe we were at 55 full-time employees and we managed to get 41 or 42 out, including hmm. the family, in case they had thousands of children, so we definitely helped yeah. them. Um, and we just followed the flow. Right. At first, we thought we're going to set up a shop in Turkey. One of my partners flew out to Turkey, uh, messed with an attorney and an accountant, and quickly realized that it wouldn't be as simple as we thought. So we immediately switched gears and we went to Georgia. And we ended up in Georgia. Again, it was all kind of reactive in a way, but we couldn't plan for it. Yeah. And I almost feel like if we were coming from a place of, oh, they got a plan everything, if we would have keep paralysis, we would be like, we don't know what to do because we do not have a plan for this situation. So ultimately what happened, because we were able to respond in such an urgent way, make decisions on a fly and follow our gut, we were lucky and fortunate to, create, to have created a situation where we established a legal entity in Georgia which helped all of our employees get their legal status in Georgia and being able to stay in Georgia and open bank accounts and continue the work. Again, all of these decisions were very abrupt. Yeah. But it was okay because that's how we operate oftentimes. Yeah. We're prepared for those decisions. And ultimately what happened is six months into... This relocation, we were able to hire many new people to replace the ones who decided to stay in Russia and then continue to grow. So ultimately, our ability to be agile and to respond to life as it happens contributed to us succeeding and moving, taking the next step in our growth. Yeah, yeah. So apart from the flow, what I'm also seeing is a very clear clarity on what you care about. So caring about supporting Russia or not, or caring about your people or not, that allowed you to take those decisions, which were maybe not rational, which as you said, they were gut decisions. So given that clarity right now, where are you heading into the future? Where is that flow taking you? 
and what are some of the challenges that you see ahead for you, either for the business or for organizational or on the organizational level or for you as a leader? Yes, we have a very strong desire to continue and diversify our work workforce, right? Right now, we have a lot of our majority of our employees are from Eastern Europe, Russia, Ukraine, those countries, and many of them are Russian speakers. I would like to continue and grow and become a true global organization and to start hiring people from all over the world, regardless of their language they speak. And we all speak English, right? Ultimately. So it's a bit of a cultural shift because even though, let's say, with our, our people definitely communicate using the English language, within themselves, within the organization, Russian is often used as the key language for communication. So being able to break through that barrier and can really grow into a true international organization, it's a bit of a challenge, but that mm. is my goal. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And personally for you, what might be some of those challenges which might come in the way? Yes. One of the, one of the most recent challenges I started recognizing is that we have 75 or 73 employees right now. And, and I don't know many people as well as I used hmm. to know people when we were. And it creates a personal challenge for me because whereas in the past, I felt like, oh, I, I know John. I know Samantha, whatever. Like I know the story. I know their background. I know the names of the children. Like I know their hobbies. I felt that personal connection and we often had one-on-one meetings and we would just like talk about stuff. I knew their situation and it, and it made me feel that if I know them, if I know their life, I can be a better leader for them because I know what they care about. So now we've grown to beyond 70 and it is mm. becoming increasingly more difficult to continue knowing people as well as I would like to. Yeah. Uh, but there's this one challenge and keeping that flat organization it's also in a way a challenge after you pass a certain threshold, right? Because not having a central point of decision-making is great, but sometimes having too many opinions and too many decision-makers can be also problematic. So we're trying to find that quick spot and see like, is it time for us to introduce some middle management? And this makes me go, oh, I don't want this. <laughs> but so I don't know. I don't know what will happen, but those are the two challenges that yeah, we're, yeah. we're working through. I can relate to that because uh, as you mentioned, six years ago, you had you had a set of like a transition when you go beyond 25, 30 people and then you have yeah. to let go of, of some things. But then when you move yeah. beyond that, like closer to that 100, 100 mark, yeah. then obviously you cannot like physically be know everybody. But at the same time, how do you create a culture or how do you retain a culture while getting more leaders around you. So you, in a way, it's yeah. the same. Even earlier, you had to let go. And now it's, again, a process of letting go. But then there's a lot of trust required to create, first of all, create a second level of leadership team. And then to mm-hmm. ensure that they carry that forward, which you have created or led so far. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's a terrible space as well. So I appreciate that you sharing that. Absolutely. I was just thinking that one way of accomplishing there is to learn to delegate. Right. Delegation has helped me tremendously. I am personally, I'm a person who likes to have control or at least Mm -hmm. the illusion of control over 
things in my life in general and in business. But of course, only through delegation, you allow your staff, your people to grow. And even if, you know, there's certain things that I know will take me five minutes, I oftentimes on purpose or very purposefully assign to somebody else to do, even if it will take them two hours. Yeah. Because otherwise I, I realize that I'm becoming the bottleneck. Mm. And if I'm not giving them that chance to dealing with the task, they will never mm. learn. Yeah, yeah. So you, you almost feels like you have to take a few steps back in order to make a big leap forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And if we try to wrap it up, is there something which which people get wrong about you? All the time. That's, I think many people still perceive me as a very stern person, hmm. especially after like the initial interaction, or if they don't still work with me very closely. And I feel that sometimes, especially people that like new people that join our organization may feel that, oh my God, she's the boss. Let's be a certain way around. But I like breaking that stereotype and becoming their friend. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, it's funny. I, this past July, I'm sorry, August, I visited my team in Georgia, right? So after they've settled down, I flew and we had this big party and we had an off-size meeting and we spent a couple of weeks together and it's a wonderful experience. And <laughs> as a result, I got a couple of messages directly from a few team members saying, oh my God, it looks so amazing to meet you in person because like, you're my friend, you know? Yeah. 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 I think it's very important for leaders uh, to, to keep those lines of communication open because first of all, we don't have that physical face-to-face contact these days. And second, leadership requires change, right? So even if you know somebody from two years ago, you are a very different person, but they are still listening to you. They still have the same expectations and they are totally sometimes surprised, which can lead to breakdowns in communication. If you have not shared, how have you learned, grown and evolved in the last two years? Then it's uh, it's, it's very evident for me, like I'm doing something very different than I was doing a few years ago. And sometimes if I meet people back from back then, they are looking at me at, in surprise. And sometimes I have to stop myself, slow down and explain what happened before trying to continue the conversation. So it's so relevant. That's what life is all about. Absolutely. Learning to be mm. better people, evolving and changing over time and hopefully contributing to similar change within those we interact with. Yeah. And to wrap this up, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur or a CEO who has that drive or to grow, to take their company to the next level, but at the same time struggling with either letting go of control or with all the headwinds that, that we are presented with, and especially that you have gone through that journey, what would you tell somebody like that? Start with tiny steps, always. If something, if you think about, if you have a goal and it just seems too lofty, too big. And let's talk about specific example. An entrepreneur who understands that they need to learn to let go of control and delegate more. But it might be very frightening to basically say, okay, I'm no longer doing sales, for instance, right? You, you can't do that. Don't, don't do it cold turkey because you will not feel good about that. You will micromanage. And that the last thing you want to do is micromanage once you decide to let go of control because effectively you haven't let go of control. So start with small steps and get comfortable with the idea. So maybe delegate in the example of letting go of sales. Uh, 
fire and assistant first and allow them to respond to the email, to the initial interest email. And that's all they're going to do. It's just going to be fun. And then maybe give them another task and allow them to schedule meeting. And then maybe go on to a meeting with them and allow them to pitch your company. Right? Like basically, fade step to make you comfortable first and foremost. And then as you push your threshold further out, you suddenly realize, oh, not as scary. Thank you. Thank you. Always baby thing. Yep. Yes, that's very practical. And I think that eases the nerves. So thank you for sharing that and everything else that you have shared with us today. I'm sure everybody who's, who will listen to this will find a lot of value from this. And I want to wish you the best. I want to wish you the best of luck for the journey ahead. So the next phase of transition and growth that lies ahead for you. Yeah. And thank you for sharing you. Uh, your nuggets of wisdom. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I truly enjoyed First of all, I love talking about myself and Jet Rockets. That's <laughs> but but no, always welcome an opportunity to share whatever experience I've gained along the way because I have so much more to learn. But I also realize that there are people who are literally behind me on this journey, and I am more than happy to help them and give them the hope. And basically, oh yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's doable. And I fully believe that anything is possible. And I thank you, Smith, for this opportunity and being here with you today and having this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for your sense, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come, and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. Not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, Can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come 
and have big dreams for the future please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast and i love seeing your posts and guest suggestions this is what i do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of to make sure you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership